Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. In this video, we'll analyze the first 20 stocks of the European Eurostoxx 50 index. If you like European stocks, most of them are traded also in the US, so you will enjoy this video wherever you are from the world. Nevertheless, if you enjoy this, click that like button and consider subscribing for more Euro stocks. Now, I've started to look more into Europe. I'm, we'll be focusing mostly on the smaller caps, the mid caps that have much more potential to run, but I wanted to do an overview of the main index to see what are the pricing levels, how the market perceives certain businesses and then later I can compare the opportunities in the smaller companies that are flying still under the market's radar. Nevertheless, it's also good to see what are our pension funds investing in because of the index fund strategy mania and from a first look and you also see through this video not all stocks, but most stocks are really, really in an index fund bubble like Michael Burry explains it. And I'll make a special video one day when I have the time on Michael Burry's theory of the index fund bubble. So you will enjoy that in the future. For now, let's start with the first 20 stocks of the index and I've put a lot of effort into this so I really hope you enjoy this and don't forget to smash that like button and share with your European friends. I'll do an overview of the companies, look at the fundamentals, look at the long-term financials, we'll mostly use Morningstar's data, all well-known companies, good research data so we don't have to go to the annual reports here and then with some I'll make a valuation that are interesting or just compare to what to expect in the future and that will be enough. Let's start with the Eurostox index. If you invested in the index 20 years ago, you would still be underwater. So it's a terrible performance for an index and this also shuts up those that say that invest in index fund, invest in index funds no matter what. And when you invest in index funds no matter the valuation, then things get really really ugly. And who invests in index funds no matter the valuation? Those that don't think pension funds, it's all about market capitalization. So if your money is there, I would better build a different pension fund. And now you might say, okay, it's cheap. It's much cheaper than 2000s, it's much cheaper than 2007. It is at 2015, 2020 level, still not rebounded as the S&P 500, but you can see the comparison over the last five years really outperforming the index the S&P 500 did. So that's a big difference for index fund investing. Of course, this might indicate that the bubble there is even bigger, but you'll see the valuations we are also in a bubble here, I would say. Let's start immediately with the companies and then not all are in a bubble that you'll find also out about those, but let's start immediately and you'll see what I'm talking about. 
ASML is the company that produces the machines for the chip foundries that we discussed with TMSC stock, with Intel stock, and they are investing big money into building new foundries, which means ASML is going to make a lot of money and it's going to grow significantly. It's funny here, ASML stock was sold by Philips through an IPO and they, they sold everything, uh, I think in 2000 or something like that. Now, ASML holding has a bigger market cap than Philips. So that's again a story about corporate strategies when they think they are smart for selling, not even spinning off, selling. And now you see how that actually destroyed value over the long term because they didn't reinvest for huge gains. But that's an interesting story with this big companies and sometimes it's better to be small and nimble and then you allow for such returns of 200 times for ISML over the last 20 years. Really, really remarkable returns. ISML is a perfect company that demonstrates what I'm looking for when it comes to investing. But 10, 15, 20 years ago. Now there is so much exuberant baked into the price that I consider it extremely risky. And they say this Morningstar, they pushed the fair value somehow higher, but they say that they expect logic and foundry revenue to be up 30% over the year, memory revenue to be up 50%. But if I look at revenues over time, there might be some good years in this cyclical semiconductor industry, but okay, they have tripled revenue over the last 10 years, they have increased significantly their dividend, shares are slightly, slightly going down, and the free cash flows have approximately doubled. The dividend is expected to be increased, growing slowly and steadily over time. They do a lot of buybacks. This is 8 billion for 2020, but I don't really see here the big effect on the number of shares. So it means that they are also giving a lot of shares probably to shareholders. Now, what is the valuation and why I find this fair value estimate a little bit exuberant and bubblish? Their fair value estimate implies a price earnings ratio of 38 times. That's a return of 2% and an EV EBITDA multiple of 29 times. Those are crazy numbers. If I pull my intrinsic value table, the comparative table with the publicly analyzed stocks, you can download this in the link in the description below. And I have made a valuation here for ISML and I have really used the dividend. That's what you get. And with the growth rate for the dividend of 20% and then 15% in the subsequent five years, with a discount rate expecting a 10% return and a multiple rate on the dividend of 40, 100 divided by 40 is still a very, very low dividend yield, about what, 2.5%. So that's a very low dividend yield. And if the market is happy with such a dividend yield, 10 years down the road, Still then, for a 10% return, the stock price should be at around 210. For the most exuberant scenario, with 30% dividend, 
30% dividend growth per year and the terminal multiple at 50, so down at 2%, then the present value of the stock gets close to the current stock price. So really, this is in dollars, euros, so 500 or something. But only then the present value gets close. But these are really, really exuberant numbers. Plus, the current dividend yield is just 0.5. So that's really, really low when it comes to investing and when it comes to these exuberant expectations. Maybe if we are all just a chip in 10 years, maybe this is justifiable. But for now, it looks like just the stock is going up, up and up, and they're pushing it into a bubble. Long-term returns will not be nice, unlikely. But the message here is not about ASML, but the message here is, okay, Sven, what to focus on, where to focus on? We just have to pick the next ASML for investing. When it starts growing, index funds, pension funds have to pick it up and then there is a great opportunity for a great return. <laughs> because if we look at revenues, those just tripled over the last 10 years. If we look at the stock price, it increased, what is this, 15 times. That's the difference. And that's what happens with the index fund bubble. If the index fund bubble reverts, say goodbye to your pension. All right, next stock, Louis Vuitton, Mood Hennessy, blah, blah, blah. Very, very exciting company with, again, a forward dividend yield of 1% consensus forward price earnings ratio of 37. For me, these are really, really exuberant valuations, price to sales of seven for a company that has just doubled revenues over the last 10 years. Okay, cash flows, free cash flows have increased, have quadrupled, but then again, operating income just up, what is it, 60% over 10 years. If we look at the dividend, it has just doubled over the last 10 years. So nothing spectacular going on here. But if we look at the stock price over the last five years, it's going just up, up and up. It has quadrupled. This tells you more about the market that's now suddenly happy with dividend yields of one percent instead of looking at the absolute versus the long-term returns. Another indication of danger ahead. I don't know what might happen. These pension funds might, might push this a double again because nobody is thinking about prices. But for us long-term value investors, we know simply just stay away from this. If it goes higher, so be it. But I'm not investing in something that's stable, a slow growth company, and it gives me a dividend yield of 1%. It's simply, I think I can find, find much better. Berkshire offers 6%, and it's also a slow and steady growth company, much more diversified, much better business, much more cash, much more everything. So just compared to Berkshire that we discussed in another video, so that's 5 6%, and this is 1%. 2-3% maybe with the growth ahead. Really, really insane. SAP 
company, the software company, have discussed it in a video. It all depends, of course, on future growth. And the valuations are a little bit lower than what we discussed. Now, there are some good companies here. So, consensus price earnings ratio just 22. Listen to me, just 22. The dividend high yield of 1.56%. There are some headwinds. That's why the stock is a little bit under pressure, but it is already something and looks better than what we discussed. The company has doubled revenue, so slow and steady growth. It has tripled the dividend, so they are growing their stable number of shares, double in cash flows over the 10 years. So just a steady, good, strong business. And you have to see how this dividend mostly fits you. Linde, the gas company, global gas, industrial gas company, again, forward dividend yield of 1.48, 30 price earnings ratio. Good company, especially after they merged with the US counterpart. So this is also traded on the New York Stock Exchange, but slow and steady growth, difficult to find growth there. Cash flows are now at four billion if we compare to the market capitalization of 156 billion free cash flows 160 divided by four i get to what 40 which gives me a dividend a cash flow yield of just two three percent the slow growth company industrial company very thin margins so good business okay it won't go away but really really ridiculous valuations. Siemens, the big industrial. So price earnings ratio is around 20, 50% payout ratio. That's easy. Dividend 2.5% strong quarter and boosting guidance. But if we look what happened over the last years, actually revenues declined significantly. Margins are fortunately a little bit up, but the dividends didn't really increase that much shares stable so free cash flows up a little bit and in line with the growth of dividends if we look at the business they are again trying to do different things spinning off siemens energy to improve their margin ratio i don't understand those spin-offs it's not about margins it's about profits so okay they should know better than me what they are doing it's a well diversified company exposed to all these new interesting trends smart infrastructure mobility health digital industries but it's so big that it simply can't reach great great returns and they expect net income to increase from a bad 2020 to 5.5 billion which is in line with the free cash flows we have seen in the past and the dividend per share 3.5 declining actually over the last year so maybe it will go to four maybe it will go a little bit higher perhaps when i do more about utilities that are likely subdued now maybe i'll look at this siemens spin-off so that might be something interesting But if we compare the four dividend yield to the price, it is a little bit high and I don't know what expectations are they baking now into the price. So 
Since the COVID crisis, Siemens is now a loved stock, but it has been a hated stock. 2017, 2018, 2019, nobody liked it. Also in the past, a lot of periods where nobody liked it. And now suddenly exuberance like in the 2000s. Of course, we know how that ended and we have seen the Eurostox index. Too much risk, despite the fact that nothing wrong with Siemens is certainly a great business. Now, pharmaceuticals, Sanofi, pharmaceuticals, we already discussed in some videos, those are cheap. Just look the price earnings ratio, the dividend yield is already a little bit higher. Now, also Morningstar deems it as under valued but if we look at the business revenues have been stable dividend slight increases below inflation increases free cash flows going even slightly down but we can call them stable so a lot of pharma businesses are simply trading like this i'm not a specialist on pharma businesses but are cheaper than the rest of the pack which is something interesting to consider if you're looking at higher dividend yields and positive trends because healthcare we are getting older and you're getting older just by watching this video or you're enjoying it and it gives you more more joy de vivre and you will live longer now total total energy i received a lot of comments about total what about the renewables it's changing the business but just look at this they're investing two billion per year into renewables which is just 15% of their total capex. So 85% of the money goes still to oil and gas. So the renewable story is just a story when it comes to these big oil and gas companies. And everybody's investing in renewables. What do you think will be the return on investment there? It won't be high so it's not that big of a deal to make fuss about it yes index fund enjoy it and buy it but it's not really a story so they have invested they will invest even more into their projects but they are investing and they already have three billion of debt for those investments at a low return okay they do as they wish but with oil prices down divestments the story has been not great for the company the dividends have been stable the free cash flows are there but if i look at the debt it has doubled over the last 10 years which tells me that okay the company is not in a great situation and not really likely but if we have trouble with oil business we'll see later also in a comment about what's the outlook there then Total might not do that good, but I think it will be keeping paying the dividend, so it remains a dividend stock, but there are always risks related to oil prices. And the renewable, renewable investments are simply not enough, and no matter how big those are, because the return on capital there is what it is. The dividend yield is high, and they will keep paying it as long as oil prices remain hi so that's an interesting play there and you have to see how it fits your portfolio requirements you can always play on the volatility which i'm sure will be there but be careful not to get trapped because if you get trapped then you are in really really 
bad trouble. And we have seen the volatility after the COVID crash, the rebound, and now we'll see whether it will go up or down. That's always impossible to know. The lower it goes, the bigger is your margin of safety. Don't forget about that. Allianz, it's a financial company, banks and insurance. I'm sorry, I don't really do them. L'Oreal, another beauty company. So price earnings ratio 42, dividend yield 1.1%, market cap almost 200 billion euros. That's really insane. Price to sales, what is this? Almost seven and cash flows five billion. So really, really ridiculous. Of course, if you look at their presentations, there are a lot of these pretty ladies, but the valuations are extremely pretty for my taste. Even Morningstar, they can't justify this price, no matter how exuberant they have to be with their projections. Schneider Electric, another company with a relatively high dividend yield. So here, they are doing different things. Price earnings ratio of 24. They have been increasing their dividends over time, but even not that much. So when there is trouble, a recession, things don't look good. But over the last 10 years, things have been good and they are expecting growth ahead. But this strong growth comes from a COVID rebound more than else. If we look at this over time, really great name, but really no growth in revenues, a little bit growth in dividends, free cash flows, okay, but still nothing really spectacular. And then something always to look with those companies. If you dig a little bit deeper, you'll start seeing the Forex impacts on the company. You'll start seeing the restructuring costs, etc., etc. that are all there, but of course not splashed on top of the presentation, just in the additional notes that change the valuation and everything. Also something to keep in mind with these industrials and everything. Now the price earnings ratio is 25, but historical averages were around 10-15. So if we revert to that, if there is inflation, if there are high interest rates, this can easily crash 30-40%. BASF, okay, fairly valued by Morningstar. Chemical company, 4.7 dividend yield, price earnings ratio low. So you have to see how it fits you. The revenues have been declining, dividends have been going up, free cash flows really, really stable and stable share prices. So nothing spectacular there, but I have found something interesting when looking through their investor presentation. If you go to Germany, if you go to the Autobahn, if you go to the Nord, everything, it's all a big renewable space and uh, scenery around you. So everything is renewables, renewables, renewables. So Germany is really the leader. And then I see this 2020 renewable energy, 549 trillion watts of hours of whatever, and fossil fuels five times more. And this got me thinking, they have invested so much into these renewables and they are just at 20%. So Either there will be more investments, but even if they double the investments, they will again reach just 1,000 in the next 5-10 years. And energy consumption will likely grow and grow because we need more 
energy we are like that so that keeps me thinking going back to total and everything fossil fuels and also what charlie munger said fossil fuels are not going away at least not that fast so that's also something that you look and you see you get a feeling about those business trends as you look at the presentations and what's reality versus what's realistically possible versus what is just projected in some research report by someone who just finished school so this is reality huge investments in germany just look at that top country leading country and still really really dependable on focus on fossil fuels so the Nord Stream is likely coming to Germany. BASF is a very diversified company so a lot here a lot of history a lot of pension liabilities likely also to see but this is the dividend so slowly and steadily growing and you have to think about okay how do I like this dividend What's the likelihood for future slow and steady growth? And how does it fit my portfolio compared to other opportunities? Now, buyer, despite legal challenges, so still looks steady. Price earnings ratio of just 10. If this just reverts to a market normal of 20, you have already a double. But from an investing perspective, you have to look at the forward dividend yield 3.71% you have to look at the good and bad news so what's going on they have settled all their roundup mess from acquiring Monsanto which was a total mess and when there is so much negativity about the company sooner or later there is a big opportunity so it's up to you to see whether you're going to analyze buyer the specific segments and then see whether it is a buy it is a research opportunity. I'm not going to research it because my wife would simply kill me if I invested in Monsanto. So not for me, but it's an interesting something if your wife is not uh, against Monsanto. So guidance, steady there. So stable sales, core earnings per share around six compared to the stock price you'll see how low the price earnings ratio they expect dynamic growth earnings to grow that will likely free cash flow to 5 billion euros seven on seven that's a price earnings ratio of seven if it just reverts one day to a normal market you have quickly a double like it was the case in 2018 i think a lot of people asked me about buyer then i made a video and it's good that i didn't like it back then now it might be different because the sentiment is bad and you might let's say invest in a turnaround based on some margin of safety as said i may not look at this free cash flows they paid 3.8 billion for legal issues so that's okay outlook is there and if you want to make a valuation you have to look at each of these components see how those will develop what's the likelihood of and their quality and the potential for their margins with the drugs etc and then you see whether it is a buy but given the cheapness and you have to see what are the legal claims possible also in the future it might be a rebound no matter what the market does so this 
isn't really that expensive not a bubble i would say now banco santander as i said i don't do banks but it came to my mind in the last conference call with buffett he was discussing banks always listen to conference calls he was discussing u.s banks and he said how u.s banks look good now which is something he cannot say about European and international counterparts. So that got me thinking. I often got comments and questions about bank insurance. And he said it's not, they are not in a good place, which is very, very interesting. He is the guru of banking and insurance. And when he says something like that, I listen. Of course, I'm not a specialist, but just something for you if you are invested to find the reasons of the weakness and why he said what he said. And keep in mind, he's in the insurance business and banking business, how they know every little detail that there is to know globally for their reinsurance businesses. BMW, car company, so those price earnings ratios are always volatile. The dividend yield is 2.28 and very interesting findings where I discussed it's really cool trends there growth 50 30 40% on revenue earnings per share up and then down again and now they expect up huge capital spending and constantly increasing that's one of the bad things of the auto industry free cash flows up and down up and down like crazy but let's look a little bit at why invest in bmw of course first class individual mobility that's the name for a car okay <laughs> whatever sustainability flexibility electrification digitalization financial performance good and when it comes to evs they are going to release each car that they have in an ev model and we'll later see daimler will do the same everybody is doing so by 2023 the whole market will be electrification electrification with high high competition and even we have new entrants so it's getting tough to make a profit now despite the brand and electric vehicles will then make at least 50 percent of sales by 2030 and they will try to get as much as they can of that market of course this is a really nice car this not so much i don't know why but this looks better let me know in the comments nevertheless they are also investing partnering with a lot of companies with daimler with vaidu apollo that we discussed so intel tech and a lot a lot of investments go into this field and again going back to buffett remember his conference call and he said how most companies 100 years ago in the auto industry went bust and here we see a huge growth tailwind so much investments but the key after and at the end will be about profits because you are investing for profits you're not investing for beautiful electric cars to be around the world you're investing for profits keep that in mind and when it comes to profits those profits margins are always volatile when things are good those are high but 
it already started to go down with BMW over the last few years. Now it hit bottom and now they have guiding for higher and their target ratio is at 8 to 10 percent in a really good environment. But this was a really, really good environment for Europe and cars with interest rates going to zero, etc. And then dividend also in the great environment paid a good dividend. Now it is declining on top of the needs for investments, earnings before tax also, declining returns of equity declined a little bit, but here stable and when you look at the debt, this is also very, very crucial because BMW Daimler can borrow at 0% from European Union and this puts them in an advantage towards others. I'm really, really sorry, but our pension funds, apart from investing in these extremely expensive companies, also invest in these bonds that have zero yield. So if you want to retire, if you want the pension, start building one next to whatever you are building automatically on the side, especially if you are from Europe. Also, especially if you are from everyone. If I, there is one message I can give you, build your own pension. BNB Paribas has said bank. Now, CRH, it's an industrial company building materials for construction and narrow mode, <laughs> thin margins, really, really difficult environment. Forward dividend yield 2.2%, nothing staggering. The PE ratio is low, but with these companies, it's always up and down, some really good times, but also very, very bad times, depending on the environment, revenue stable over time, free cash flows going up, which is something interesting to see. But if you look at the book value, really didn't explode and the dividends have been stable. So big company, it's well positioned for the next growth cycle, but with these infrastructure companies and building materials, it's always about the cycle, cycle, cycle. It's very difficult to have a competitive advantage there. Not my kind of business. Now we discussed BMW, let's discuss Daimler. For those interested, Daimler is also described in my book that I wrote in 2017 and I write about there, I received a lot of comments. Imagine we have a recession in 2020, you can check that in the book. So that was a funny thing about Daimler. But here we are now in 2021, again low price earnings ratio, strong results and they plan to get into good free cash flows of 1.8 billion and let's say 8 billion per year the market cap is 78 billion so that's a 10 percent return on the current stock price if the this continues over the whole year but you can see here the volatility when things are good in the automotive industry the market is very exuberant and then it gets really, really bad and the market is very pessimistic. Good, bad, good, bad, good, very, very, very bad, good, very, very, very bad. I can almost guarantee you. And also in the book I write how the time to buy such companies is when the world is about to end. I missed this 
by I thought it will last longer so that I can analyze the whole automotive industry but I'll do that in the next downturn. They have a good share of the market now especially since 2015 when they changed these lines not like the old Merc I am driving but I love my old Merc it's cheap it's good and it's all I need you can check that video now they want to raise performance increase margins yes but there is always competition and they managed to grow revenues about 40% over time and all good ups and downs normal automotive industry paying good dividends no dividend in bad times now improving a little bit but there is another thing if we look at net credit losses in Europe, there are no credit losses because DCB is buying everything. And that's also what saved them. But if this changes, if there is, let's say, tight credit, then it will have also bad repercussions on the automotive industry. Just mentioning a risk that people don't mention, but these companies really expanded into financing and it is a risk that we have to mention here. Danone, normal company, it has a good dividend, 3.29%, price earnings ratio low, I have to say that in this case. But if we look at the financials, really practically no growth. Dividend, they are trying to push it higher, but the cash flows are really, really stable. So nothing spectacular here. And I don't like these companies like Unilever, Danone. I think that the strength of the brand now, especially with the new generations, is weakening because the new generations are going for different, for more specialist products. And yes, they have these great brands, especially here in Europe. We grew up with these commercials, let's say, but there is restructuring, they hope they will deliver 1 billion efficiencies and then I think, okay, look, whoa, 1 billion more add to that dividend yield, so this might be really good, but then of course there are the 1.4 billion of restructuring costs, etc. So this is the story with those big, big companies in, let's say, not that great environments. And then 2022, targets and then they reach it then it goes down again because the competition is not staying still and now we have a very very interesting company Deutsche Börse so this is a low price earnings ratio for what you are about to see forward dividend yield 2% okay not that bad but look at this there is growth in the revenues and they expect to grow further net income has been a little bit volatile but is in a growing trend dividends slow and steady growth book value per share has been constantly increased and free cash flow has approximately doubled but if you look at what they are doing they try to merge with london but that was rejected by the european union growth is okay especially after good trading times because of covid but there is also secular growth. They expect to continue to grow and really increase revenues over time. If they can increase revenues, they can keep margins steady. 10% EBITDA growth over year, the stock price will follow. So really a lot of initiatives, organic growth, mergers and acquisition growth. And 
secular growth into trading into financial products, especially with the liquidity pumped into by the ECB. So I'm really curious into this sector and I'm looking deeper to know more about the trading opportunities, the businesses there. So that's why I'm really interested also in Deutsche Börse. Revenue targets of 9%, EBITDA of 8% growth. Those are really, really nice targets. And if we go to our table, I have done a valuation. You can see here also Siemens that we mentioned. I forgot to make it in the video. But here we are on a valuation and I put the dividend. Let's say that they grow at 7% conservatively. Terminal multiple 25, expecting a 4% dividend. That's, of course, the stock is now higher. But if they stick to 2% dividend, and keep growing at 8%, then the present value for a 10% discount rate is there. So 10% discount rate, if I put the valuation 138 on the dividend, if it sticks to 2%, and now the dividend yield is 2%. If the dividend required dividend yield by the market goes up, then of course this scenario plays in, but it's important to keep in mind that not everything is so crazily overvalued and this looks like a good business to keep an eye on. And the last for today, I'll do others in a different video, Deutsche Post, exceptional revenues of course during COVID did really, really good. The numbers now, especially as we go to more and more parcels, are increasing, the dividend is increasing, they will push the dividend higher, use the cash flows for buybacks, and this tells me there is 4 billion for cash flows, 4 billion of 63, that's a return to shareholding yield of 6-7%. That's in line with what Berkshire is giving, and of course the stock has exploded compared to the past times when people were very negative about less and less mail and more and more email. So interesting to look how things evolve over time. They're pushing the dividend higher. So very interesting. I'm not going to research the sector because it's not really something that I'm too exuberant because margin of safety is low, really, really thin margins and difficult things, but it is among the cheapest of the bunch. So I really hope you enjoyed the first 20. We have 30 to go. I hope I'll do that soon. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe. If you want to check my deeper analysis into smaller companies, please check my stock market research platform. There is also a video review here to see how it looks like and how it works much better businesses than what is there in the euro stocks 50 or whatever thanks for listening if you have any comments please let me know if you enjoyed this podcast please leave a five star review as it means a lot to me thank you and i'll be speaking to you in the next episode